and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you've had a great time with your family and friends, and I hope that it was truly blessed and that you had great fellowship with each other um, and that you truly had the, one of the best Thanksgivings that, that you've ever had. Uh, this podcast, we're going to continue to talk about the Father and really kind of go into our dive into who He is. We're going to talk about His very character today and really kind of break down a couple of different aspects of his character to kind of give us a better insight into who he is, how he is, and those types of things. So I know last week we kind of talked about the father as a father, right? As a heavenly father and how he is love and how he truly acts as a heavenly father. And we want to kind of look at at the character of who he is a a little bit more in detail this week. So um, with that being said, again, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you want a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com and I will get one out to you. And then also, again, don't take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Again, this is really to help you build yourself up, to help you really lay a good foundation for you to build a good relationship on with the Lord and, and with the Father. But there's only so much that the ministers can do because I, I can give you the teaching, your pastor can give you teaching, your your teachers can give you teaching. They can do all of that. But if you don't put in the work yourself, and if you don't dive into scripture yourself, and you don't pray, and you don't try and see what God has for you, then it's just really kind of falling on stony ground, if you will. You know, you got to kind of study to show yourself approved unto God, and then really develop your own relationship and follow the Lord according to the leading of the Spirit in your own life. Amen. So with all that being said, you know, we're going to talk about the character of the father and to really understand the character of the father, you need to look at his actions here. But the first one is probably the most obvious and it's that God is holy, right? The the father is holy. And we're going to Isaiah chapter 43 verse 15 says, basically puts it this way, where God says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your King, right? So, Understanding that God is holy, and and what is holiness? Holiness is perfection, right? Um, holiness is is just, it's righteousness, it's it's all of those things kind of combined into itself, right? And we'll talk probably next season in uh, more about holiness and how it pertains to us. But we want to talk about about how God is holy. Now there are tons of scriptures in the Bible that talk about the holiness of God. You know, I mean, whether it be the but in the Book of Revelation where you had the the beasts that were you know, in the in the elders that were crying, "Holy, holy, holy!" unto the Lord God Almighty. Um, you know, you have the scripture in Isaiah. There's plenty of other scriptures that talk about the holiness of the Lord, right? But I think that the the best way to really describe the holiness of the Lord is actually through the law, but through what Paul said. And it says in Romans chapter seven, starting at verse seven, Paul says, "What shall we say then? Is the law sin?" He says, "Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law." For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and 
just and good. So if you take a look at the law and you take a look at, at you know, both the, the affirmative laws and then the, the negative laws, the laws of the things that you have to do and the things that you need to abstain from, you can really get an idea of the character of God through that, right? Because ultimately, and if you just look at the Ten Commandments, and Jesus said, you know, that the Ten Commandments are all wrapped up in loving your, your loving God with all that you are, um, you know, all your strength and all of that, and then loving your neighbor as yourself. But if you look at that, they really kind of portray to, okay, here's how you're going to handle God, okay, and here's how you're going to handle man, right? And it kind of shows and lays out the love that God has for us through the law. Now, what the law is, and I've said this probably a hundred times as you've been listening to, to the podcast, is that the law is a mirror, right? And it really kind of is designed to show you how dirty and nasty and disgusting you are, right? And I've talked about how, you know, if you're going to clean yourself up, if your face is dirty, you're not going to rip the mirror off the wall and start rubbing it on your face, but you're going to go get the soap and the water, which is Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit, to, to kind of clean yourself up, right? So, but the mirror, though, sets the standard, okay? It sets the standard of what you're supposed to look like. See, in that mirror, we shouldn't see ourselves, but rather we should see God, or more importantly, we should see Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the only one that could actually fulfill the holy, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, to live that sinless life. Ultimately, it had to be God Himself to do it for us, so that you know we could then be reconciled back to the Father. But you see, God can't can't deal with us without holiness, right? And without some type of of fellowship through Christ Jesus. Now, let's go back to the book of Genesis. And when Adam and Eve were in the garden, Adam and God used to walk together in the cool of the garden, right? And they used to interact with each other and they used to walk and they used to talk and, and they had a relationship there. But when Adam and Eve fell, there was a separation then that had to happen. Why? Because sin had taken occasion by the law. So understanding that though, that that while Adam walked in the law, which was the one law that was there that they could not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which we'll talk about here in a second, but understanding that if as long as Adam walked in that, then there could be fellowship between him and the Father, and that Adam could actually stand in holiness before the Lord. But when that happened and sin entered in, then Adam fell, then suddenly we couldn't stand before the Lord in holiness, right? And we couldn't stand in the character of God or with who God was and commune, because even in the book of Amos, it says, how can two walk together lest they be in agreement? So understanding all of that, when Christ came and we used Christ's holiness and Christ's righteousness to be to be reconciled back to the Father, then we can have fellowship with our Heavenly Father and stand in holiness with him through Christ Jesus, not through our own actions, not through the things that we have, but through our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So understanding that the very character of God is holy and the very character of God is perfect, right? So Psalms 18, 30 through 33 puts it this way. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. So kind of, again, tying that in, it is God who gave us strength through Jesus Christ and made us perfect through Jesus Christ 
that we may stand in holiness, not in our own selves, but through the holiness of Christ to be reconciled to the very character of who God is. To where when we look at ourselves in that mirror and the standard of God and who he is and in his holiness, we don't see ourselves, but rather we see Christ who has met that standard of holiness for God's very character. Amen. And that's what allows us to be reconciled and to be one with Christ and one with the Father, just as the Father and Christ are one. But that's a completely different topic for a completely different time. But God is holy, right? That is the first aspect of who he is. The next thing I would say is that God is a protector, and, and he always has been protecting his people for since the beginning of time, honestly. Let's go back and look at this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17. And In this, the Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, what God was trying to protect mankind and his creation from was ultimately the sin consciousness, right? The ability to know right and wrong, which brings this whole whole host of burden because he knew that we were flesh. He knew that the moment that that we understood what right and wrong was, that sin would take occasion by the law as we read in Romans chapter 7. But God ultimately tried to protect Adam and Eve by saying, look, don't eat of it, all right? Just stay away from it, okay? And I will protect you, and then you'll be okay, and then we can continue to walk in the cool of the garden, right? But unfortunately, you know, obviously the serpent deceived Eve, and Eve gave to Adam to eat, and Adam loved Eve more than he loved God, so he, he decided to go ahead and eat. He did that point in time, and they all fell. Okay, but it was God that was trying to protect us from the knowledge of sin and understanding that we could not handle it. Okay, so going back to God being more of a father figure, the character of God is to protect the people that believe in him, to protect the people that he's close with. Okay, don't forget, what did he tell Abraham? He said, in blessing, I will bless them and in cursing, I will curse them. Basically saying that I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. Okay, God was going to be the one to stand up and protect Abraham through all the things that happened. Remember in the wilderness, when the Amalekites came against the the children of Israel, what happened? Moses stood up with his arms out. And as long as his arms were out, then Joshua and his army prevailed and God protected the people. Don't forget that God protected the people with the the pillar of fire between them and, and, uh, and Egypt and Egypt's chariots and all those things. So understand that God's other character is to truly be a protector of those that he that follow him. So, I mean, even if you take a look at the law, right, and the law of Israel, and let's talk about the eating aspects of it. You know, the the scripture says that you know you cannot eat of an animal that chews a cud and then also does not have a cloven hoof. So, just to give you an example of that, is a rabbit. Now, there are numerous diseases in rabbits that are treatable today, but weren't treatable back at that time, right? So if you ate a rabbit, there was possible for disease. If you eat undercooked shellfish back then, but without being processed correctly, then you know you could actually get disease and die. Same thing with eating camels and those certain types of animals that were deemed unclean. Now, if you eat a cow or you eat a sheep, your chances of actually getting a disease are few and far between. But understanding that, God basically said, he puts forth the law and says, okay, here's the law of eating. And he does it as a protection for the people to really protect us from ourselves, right? See, because you have to understand, I talked about this a little bit when we talked about the Trinity originally. It is God who wills certain things in our life. It is God who decides, okay, Daniel, I want you to go to the right and not to the left, okay? So sometimes, 
what happens to make sure that we're going to go to the right or that I'm going to go to the right. He's going to hedge up my way with thorns, right? So that way I cannot go to the left. All right. So God will ultimately protect us from ourselves at times, particularly if we're trying to follow him, we're trying to follow the leading of the spirit on it, and we are trying to do the things that he wants us to ultimately do. Okay. So you have to understand that God is there to will our lives. His character is to have what's best for us in mind, even though at times it may not be what we think is best, but it doesn't change the fact that the will of God in our lives is established by the Father. And ultimately, it, he gives us rules or he gives us things to follow him and certain ways to go in order to protect us from our own selves. I'll give you another example here. There was a time where I was asked to pastor a church and I had just come out of pastorship and I was bridging them from one pastor to another. And I prayed about it. And frankly, like, I mean, I knew I wasn't called to be a pastor. You know, I would have been up preaching every single day. I would have been leading a church, which is fine and everything. But at the end of the day, God told me very plainly, no, I don't want you to do it. Well, their old pastor ends up coming out of retirement. And basically he pulls that away from me anyway. Which is great because I didn't want to not follow the leading of the Spirit and not follow the will that he had in my life. His will was for me to help them bridge from point A to point B and then ultimately to 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 leave once it once they got an established pastor. And that's exactly what I did. But understanding that though, sometimes we have to give up the things that we want so that we can actually follow the Lord in the way that he wants us to follow him. And sometimes he will close the doors that no man may open and he'll just say, you know what, you're not going to go that way. I'm going to make something else happen so that you can't go that way. Okay. And that's the examples that we have throughout scripture. Amen. So, you know, not only is God holy, but God protects his people, right? He has a love there to protect us and to watch over us as his children, right? Even that aspect of him as the father is a very key, important character, characteristic of his character, right? Because he, his love for us is everlasting, but we have to understand that the direction that we go is all based upon the will that he has in our life. Amen. Now, the other aspect of God's character is that God is faithful and God is faithful. I would say that God is faithful to a fault at times, but that's who God is. And that's who his character is, right? So first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13 says this, therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. So what is he saying here? He's saying, look, God is faithful to you. Okay. No matter what you're going through, no matter the things that are happening in your life, God is faithful to you and God will find a way out for you if you see it. Here's what, here's the way that John put it in first John chapter one, verse six through 10. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Look, God 
the perfect example of the faithfulness of God is if you just read the story of the children of Israel from the time of the Exodus all the way down uh, until Jesus Christ. Um, They were in and out with God so many times, yet God consistently raised up someone to deliver them. Okay, whether it was, again, Moses being raised up to deliver them from from Egypt so that they could go and worship at Mount Sinai and then ultimately get into the promised land, or whether it was Joshua to take the promised land, right? Or whether it was Samson when the when the Philistines were were the ones that were that were persecuting the children of Israel, right? Or whether it was Gideon, or whether it was David, or whoever it was that God raised up, they would constantly fall into trouble, fall into into doubt and all this other stuff. And then God would raise someone up until ultimately, you know, God has to throw them into the Babylonian captivity for 70 years until finally then Nehemiah and Ezra can go back and build, rebuild the temple, right? So we have to understand that, that God is married to us and God, the moment we believe is that we are his, right? And he is going to be faithful to us, oftentimes in spite of our own lack of faithfulness to God. And the children of Israel are an example. And that's why it was in the book of Hosea that Hosea actually went and married a harlot because it's a picture of God's faithfulness, right? He goes, he marries the prostitute, okay, brings her into her ha- into his house, he feeds her, he clothes her, he does all these things. And then what happens? She goes right back into playing the harlot and goes right back into prostituting. So Hosea goes back and buys her a second time, okay? So in that story there, that's a demonstration of the faithfulness of God towards his people, right? Because even despite of ourselves and even despite of everything that we've ever done, you know, the father still sent his son to die on the cross for us to show the faithfulness that he has towards his people and to those that believe. That's why we are not perfect. That's why we're going to fall. That's why we're going to make mistakes, but that the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, um, through Jesus Christ from the Father is sufficient for us because ultimately without that without Christ and without God sending his son for us we would never see the faithfulness of God and we would never truly understand it right but God is faithful to us he truly is and that's why Paul went on and said in in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 he said being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ amen God is faithful unto us God is tied to us and the moment that we believe he will be faithful in every aspect of our lives amen and look all of these things are just who God is right God is holy God is love God is our father up in heaven, right? Right. God, God is our protector and the one that watches out over us. And God is faithful to us. He is so faithful to us. And look, I know it's easy that when you're going through difficult times to get down and to, you know, say, oh, Lord, you've abandoned me. And, and Lord, where you said you would stick closer to me than a brother and all this other stuff, right? But what we have to understand is that in every hardship, there's a purpose and that God is executing that purpose. And God is faithful and just to be able to see us get from point A to point B in our own lives. Amen. So understanding the faithfulness of God, we can then press forward in our relationship. We can fall back on the holiness of Christ to get to the holiness of the father. We know that he's going to protect us. We know that all things are going to work together for good for them to love the Lord 
Lord and are called according to his purpose. And we know that he is going to be faithful and just to oversee us and to watch over us as we continue on our walk. Amen. That's why his mercy and his grace is sufficient for us until we reach the fullness and the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ and a oneness with Christ that brings a oneness with the Father. Amen. Look, God is holy. Okay. There is no, that can't there. God is holy as holy as holy. Okay. He is holy, right? But it is the holiness and the righteousness of Jesus Christ that allows us to obtain and to be able to stand before God. Okay. In Christ Jesus, as, as Christ is in this world, as it says in first John chapter four, verse 17, right? So God is holy. Understand that God is our protector. God protects his children. God protects the people. That is who he is. I mean, don't forget that our Lord is a, is a strong tower that the righteous run into, as it says in the book of Psalms, our God is our protector and God is faithful. He is faithful and just over you. He will love you. He will come back to you. And I, I, I challenge you to read the book of Hosea. There is a great passage there where it talks about how even when we try and go to the right or to the left, it's a way that God doesn't want us to. He will hedge up our way with thorns. He will make it difficult for us to go to that way until finally he pulls us into the wilderness and he calls us and he begins to speak to us and whisper good things to us. And ultimately we start to call him our husband. And this comes from uh, obviously the thought of being being the bride uh, of, of Christ and those types of things. But I challenge you to read the book of Hosea around that because it is a truly great picture of how the Father is faithful to us and how even despite our shortcomings, he still is faithful to us, almost to a fault, to give us every opportunity to come back to him. And again, when we do, again, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. So look, I hope you got something out of this. I hope that it kind of helps explain a little bit different aspects of the character of the Father. Next week, we're going to go through some of the names of God, and we're going to specifically focus on the redemptive names of God from the Old Testament, because it can give us a, a better insight into, into kind of who God is and kind of who what he represents some more. And then after that, we're going to talk about the balance of God and the goodness and the severity of God, because you can't talk about the the father without talking about the goodness and severity of him and the balance that is there but don't forget right god has a will in your life the will in your life has been set by the father okay and it is important he is faithful and just to make sure that we just see us that we that we perform it. Amen. All we have to do is follow him and throw our lives back to him and offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice to him. Amen. This week's song of the week goes back to 1997 by a band called uh, Out of the Gray. Um, And it's going to be on their album Inside. And the, the name of the song is Disappear. It's a really good tune. Um, it's just a, it's, it's just a great song, right? And it's all about disappearing inside of God and disappearing inside who he is, um, you know, and being hidden in him the way that we're supposed to be. And that's a whole other message there and something that we'll probably get into in season four, um, here of this podcast. So, um, but look, I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope that you're, you're getting some understanding here about who the father is. And I hope that it's opening your eyes a little bit to understand the character of who he is. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. I am here to help. I'm always here to help. You know, all you have to do is reach out 
out and ask. And then also, you know, if you're enjoying the podcast, just go ahead and rate it for me if you don't mind. You know, leave a positive rating. It really does help to get the podcast out there to more people so that more people can hear it and really, really follow in and, and learn some of this teaching. But until next time, again, I hope that you have a great week. But just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. Thank you.